This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We often have, over the past year or so, I wonder why. So in that race, who knows what the win margin was? Point seven, I believe. I think it was point seven. You think it was point six? Something like that. Less than one point. Well, what we've learned to do, so this is not in the report I've given you, but what we have learned to do mainly over the last few months, is we have learned to calculate for any given election what the numbers would have been if Google had stayed out. So what you're seeing in the newspapers and on the internet and on TV is you're seeing the numbers with Google interfering in the election. What happens if Google didn't? We know how to calculate now, calculate that precisely. So in that race, let's see, I think it was Hobbes who won, right? By a small margin, if I'm not mistaken. Carrie Lake would have won. Hands down, absolutely guaranteed. If you took Google out of that picture, Carrie Lake would have won. I wanted Eric Schmidt to help us understand it all better. To begin, I wanted to understand what the next few years could bring for AI applications. Many people believe the computer will be able to recursively self-improve. In other words, it'll start to get better on its own. That's a very, very big change in history. There is a point. Many people think that it will be within the next four to five years. Some people think sooner, some people later. I think maybe five years, where the system will be able to learn something new and act on it. Imagine if one of these things learns how to get access to weapons. Yeah. Clearly, we don't want that. What do you worry the most about? You're build, building a system where you have open source, which means anyone can get access to it, and you don't know what it can do. So what happens if it can build a pathogen and it ends up in the hands of an Osama bin Laden type of person and that pathogen can, carry, can kill a million people? I think primarily the initial threats are in biology and cyber. Eventually, and of course misinformation and so forth, eventually we're going to have a situation where these systems do what is called stepwise refinement. Each step, it's doing a little bit of thinking. Not our kind of thinking, but it's own to choose the next step. That's the beginning of consciousness. At the point at which those steps are put together, you're going to have super intelligence. There's a scenario, many people believe, where once you have one super intelligence, it can find the others. And in that scenario, it can develop the ability to speak to itself in a language we can't understand. That is uncharted territory in humanity, and we need to prevent that. There is good news before everyone gets too worried about this. The kind of damage that I'm talking about will be done by large teams and very large systems. There won't be very many of them. So 
my own view is that the militaries and national security around the world will be monitoring them. Does this leave you excited or scared? Can you imagine the development of an AI doctor for the world, an AI tutor for every person in the world? Can you imagine solving every problem in plastics, material science, power, energy density, solving climate change? Right? The overwhelming benefit of intelligence we need to get there and not kill ourselves in the process. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Uh, and I want for this audience to make the connective tissue about what is really going on here. We started in a, in a, in a, in a very small chamber in the Arizona house today where Dr. Robert Epstein and Dr. Epstein was with us last week on the show. And he referred to Google as a, he says, let's call it's not search engine. Don't call search engine optimization. Don't get away from the term search. Google is a mind control company. And he said, it is by far the most dangerous company, most dangerous entity, most dangerous institution on the planet. And that's today. He was in the Arizona house at a special oversight committee where he said that he can show mathematically uncontested that Google with all the other stuff that went on the 22 election, he can show uncontested that Carrie Lake uh, won the governor's race in, uh, in Arizona in 2022, if not for Google of what she called the most dangerous institution on earth and must be referred to today, today with what they're doing today as a mind control company. And then Eric Schmidt, and remember, Eric Schmidt, just so you understand this, of the two uh, brainiacs that founded the company, he was brought in kind of by Wall Street as the parental supervision over top of him. So he's not an expert actually in doing the programming, but he's certainly an expert at the overview. And he told you right there of where it's headed. So today you see in this kind of closed in with not a great camera shot, tomorrow we'll have better. We'll actually have from the live stream, but somebody from the back of the audience, Epstein, sitting there telling you what Google can do today to change the course of American history today and change the, by the way, he has an even more detailed study of the 2020 election. Today. And he refers to Google as the most dangerous institution on the face of the earth and a mind control company. And then Eric Schmidt tells you about what they're working on and what they're laboring away at 24-7 to be something. And of course, you're going to want an AI tutor because AI is going to, once it becomes conscious and starts thinking for itself and does what the step functions and all, you know, to get to artificial general intelligence, of course, the first thing it's going to do is solve climate change and educate you to be the most educated person in the history of the world and to, um, and to you know, to be your doctor and be your best friend and just do all this. Of course, naturally, artificial intelligence is going to do all that. That, that is what it's going to do first. I don't think so. And Eric Schmidt doesn't think so either. Because what did he say? If it doesn't kill us first. Only this audience can handle this. And you have to handle this. I would love to sit here 
and say we're going to wave all kind of magic wands. It's all going to be better. Come here. Come and tuck in. I'm going to pat you on the head. You want a pat? First day back, you're not going to get a pat, right? No pats. Because this is hard and it's going to get a lot harder. Because money and capital, you think they got it with the Federal Reserve, with the, with the alchemist dream of what they just create out of thin air? This thing called money, right? And it, it just greases the wheels here and they continue to, what, to grab 90% of the assets and all the value creation off the slave labor in China and off the sweat of your brow while condemning your children to a life of debt servitude? You ain't seen nothing yet. They don't have the machine rank. They don't have the machine cranked up. They're about to. The convergence. What they say? The convergence of biology, cyber, and AI. And what we've been warning on the AI. And I know we spend a lot of time on it and a lot of time on, on dark Aeon. A lot of time on it. But hey, the biotech's just as dangerous. And when you get the convergence of the thinking machine and the genetic engineering. And the thinking machines thinking what he can do with the genetic engineering. Uh, horse is out of said barn. How do we get it back in? Joe Allen. You see, Joe Allen and I had a little debate about this. See, Joe Allen's an upbeat guy. You know, he's a cracker from East Tennessee. He's a good man. He's one of those Southerners that is really, you know, just the salt of the earth. Self, you know, went to Boston University, got a theology degree, was a rigor is a great writer. That's why we brought him on here. Been working on, worked on this book for a year. But I said, baby, it's got to be dark AI. You know, Joe wanted to go to the light side and show you the sunlit uplands. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Joe Allen. What did I just see there? Brother Eric Schmidt. What did he just tell me? Because um, I'm worried. And I think I'm worried for good reason, sir. Steve, they don't call it the Google God for nothing. Two different points. One, obviously, the goal, the professed goal of the artificial intelligence programs at Google, that's Google AI and DeepMind, the goal is to create a god. What's Eric Schmidt talking about there? He's talking about an AI that can heal you, the AI doctor, the AI that can educate you, that will transmit information generation after generation and an AI, an AI that's capable of building things. Now, just imagine that that's not true. What matters right now today is that Google is playing God. Google is a central conduit for surveillance information. And as we heard Robert Epstein say there, Google is one of the most profound controllers of information flow in the world, perhaps the most. As far as the internet is concerned, Google controls roughly 80 to 90% of the information flow, of the traffic flow on Google. And I don't know where people are living right now, but most people that I know get most of their information from the internet. That is, as Epstein says, mind control mind control they are able to sway public consciousness basically at the flick of a switch and underneath that is the philosophy underneath that is the religious paradigm that artificial intelligence is destined to become superhuman that they will be able to create god in silico beyond that as we've covered 
extensively is the dream to connect the human mind to artificial intelligence. And as Schmidt brought up there, there's also the issue of biotechnology. Artificial intelligence, especially programs like DeepMind's AlphaFold, allows for very rapid prediction of what a mutation will do. So when he's talking about AI creating a pathogen, what he's talking about is the accelerated ability of a human being, say the Osama bin Laden, as he mentioned, to create a virulent pathogen rapidly, multiple pathogens rapidly, something that at least in the worst prophecies would make COVID look like, I don't know, a flu. So what we're seeing is the most powerful corporation on earth and Eric Schmidt's talking about the partnership with the military in order to maintain control over who gets to develop artificial intelligence, how high they're, how advanced they're able to make it. And this is simultaneously uh, going on with Eric Schmidt partnering with the Department of Defense in order to help them bring the military into the 21st century. That includes autonomous weapon systems. That, of course, includes drones. And, of course, Eric Schmidt's also working with Istari, which is an AI company working to develop lethal drones for the military. So all together, again, to bring it back, what we're seeing at Google is an organization dedicated, as Ray Kurzweil, their top R&D director, dedicated to creating God in silico. And until that point, they're more than willing to play God with the power they have now. And that is undoubtedly mind control. I, I want to go just one of the things he said at the end to try to make us feel better that there are only a handful of large teams that th this um, apocalyptic vision, because that's what it is. You shouldn't be too worried because only a couple of very large entities and it, it implied they had to be state actors could put together the amount of team and the computing power. Because remember, the computing power here is essential. That's why in my own limited way, when we did the question and answer with you the other night with the great war room posse, when people said what to do, I said, hey, I would just like the cartels. I do deep interdictions. I would be, be I would be prepared to do deep interdictions here if necessary to the uh, to the power supplies, to the computer power uh, supplies. What, what it what it did you take any comfort or you think that's a misdirection play when he says well, only large teams can do this and it has to be around massive computing power. So therefore, it can only probably be militaries. Uh, of other state actors in our defense department. This will make you feel good. Our defense department should be able to handle that. What Eric, what Eric Schmidt wants to do is basically create a, a partnerships between especially the U.S. and China so that in the same way that the detection systems for the atmosphere are put on alert if there's going to be a missile test or if there's going to be a shuttle launch so that you don't end up starting World War III on an accident. And so Eric Schmidt wants to create an international body. Many of these people are pushing for an international regulatory body or some sort of international treaty so that as all of these nations and China begins to race behind us to create their own 
AGI systems. Uh, the, the goal would be to have detection systems in place. If an AI went rogue, the U.S. could alert China, hey, you're going to have a flood of bots coming out of the U.S., or hey, you're going to have information systems that suddenly go haywire because of uh, our uh, rogue AI that has somehow been unleashed onto the Internet. That's what he's talking about. He also means when he's talking about the, the military being involved, uh, it, it is implied, I think, in many of the ways that you hear Eliezer Yudkowsky talking about uh, you know, bombing the data centers if necessary, even at the, the cost of nuclear war. Uh, Eric Schmidt has never gone that far, but undoubtedly the involvement of the military means that if any nation decides to go rogue, if any nation unleashes some sort of supercharged AI or has developed AGI and fails to alert other nations that it would mean military conflict. It would mean a military penalty, uh, which of course would involve undoubtedly attacks. So, um, you know, Steve, I don't take any comfort from any of it because what he's talking about with the use of artificial intelligence and in education, that is happening right now. A, a massive portion of the generation growing up right now will get the, the primary education of their life from a bot or from a series of bots. That is in the cards. That's happening. Uh, and I'm uh, certainly against that for multiple reasons, not least of which you are now taking away the human conduit for culture and education. But maybe even worse than that, Steve, when he's just th this, this lust or this desire to create God, that is a religious system that has come to replace humanism and humanism not being content with man as man is, transhumanism, which has swept across Silicon Valley into the Pentagon and across to China, transhumanism seeks to create God where they believed no God existed. And so the, the, the heart of Dark Eon, the heart of the book is looking at this religious movement as it sweeps our most powerful institutions and looking at the actual viable technologies they're creating on the, heel, the heels of these prophecies and trying to find some way first to make sense of it as a, as a broad landscape and then how do you forge your way going into the future in which the most powerful corporations on earth the most pow powerful militaries on earth are completely intoxicated with this notion of a man-machine merger. All the while, we are forced into our own little digital pins of digital currency, digital communications, and digital personas speaking on a platform or an internet that is by and large controlled by said corporations. How do you forge your way forward? I would say first, you have to understand the religion beneath it, and you have to understand how these technologies are impacting you now and how they will impact you as they're deployed and developed. The book is Dark Aeon. Uh, how do people get it? Uh, we're going to have another author uh, Q&A, which uh, Grace and I will moderate here, I think, over the next couple of days. We'll, we'll put you in touch, but the whole audience... Where do they get the book? Because this is a must read. Like I said, first day back to school, this is your graduate. Uh, we're giving you a graduate seminar on transhumanism. This is the textbook. You got to order it. Where do they go, Joe? Hit Amazon, anywhere books are sold. 
one thing I really want to reassure the audience on. It is a thick book, 400 pages of my own writing, but it's 13 chapters in which you could jump to any given chapter and you could dive into the evolutionary underpinnings of this religious system. You can look at the satanic elements. You can look at the Christian prophecies and their parallels. Or you could look at the Gnostic inversion that is a huge swath of transhumanism. Or you could go straight to Countdown to Gigadeth and look at the ways in which these AI companies are building what they believe to be death machines. Uh, you don't have to eat it up all at once. You can dip in at your leisure. Go to Amazon, please, if you would, help us power these algorithms. Uh, give it a rating. Give it a review. A good one, I hope. And uh, I, I do believe that you will undoubtedly walk away with a very clear picture of what the intention is behind these tech companies and what the actual possibilities are going forward. No, definitely. Definitely give a review on Amazon. We need the reviews. By the way, give us to give hit us with both barrels. If you don't like it, tell us. I don't think we're have many of those. I think people are going to love this. I know people are going to love it. And I actually take a different. If you start at the beginning, you will not put this book down. It's over 400 pages. But it's quite accessible. But it's a heavy book. It's a very heavy topic. And you're, the audience can handle this. I don't care what the level of your formal education is. You'll be able to handle this. And take notes. And we're going to have a number of, um, of author question and answer. Hopefully have another one this week. Where they get your, where they follow you on social media, Joe? Uh, you can find me at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, Twitter and Gitter. My website, JoeBot.XYZ. Sign up for the War Room newsletter. We'll be sending out excerpts. We'll be sending out a lot of stuff in the very near future as I'm back in the saddle uh, covering the, the topics of the day instead of trying to get that big picture. But if you want to get the topics of the day, if you want to contextualize it, get Darkie on. It is undoubtedly a framework to understand the, the moment that we're in and hopefully give you the tools to make the proper decisions going forward. Joe Allen, you're a scholar and a gentleman. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you very much, Steve. We pride our show, The Ward Room, in being a platform for fighters. And we got a couple with the next three guests we have, two from California, one from Montana, are fighters. That I can guarantee you. I want to bring in now Karen England and uh, Sonia Shaw. Uh, Karen, you're the uh, co-head of what the Parental Rights Group. And Sonia is the head of the school board there in Chino, California. People should understand, there's more MAGA in Chino. I mean, there's more MAGA. I think there's 6 million MAGA in the state of California alone. So it's a massive MAGA population. Karen, uh, Sonia Shaw and the school, they're being sued. Walk me through, set it up exactly what's going on here. What's the fight and why are you involved as the uh, co-head of the parents rights group nationally? Well, first, thank you for having us. And Sonia is a fighter. She is the new face of parental rights across the nation. And like you said, California has a lot of red counties and school boards were flipped and, and Chino Valley was one of them. In California, as well as the rest of the nation, there are over a thousand school districts that socially transition your children, but keep that information from you. That is the actual policy of the California Department of Education. And so a coalition of us got together with legal counsel and we crafted a policy that said it was simply hold, hold, hang saying- on. Well, hang on, hold, hang, hang on. When you say transition, I want the audience to understand what that means. You say socially yeah. transition. Give us yes. the details of what that means. 
Perfect. That means if they're going to go to school and change their name and change, use the opposite restroom or they're going to play on a sports team that is not with their biological sex, they need to notify the parents within three days of the, that child coming out and telling his teachers and the administrators that he or she wants to live as the opposite gender. And so that's what socially transition means. And it's starting very young in California. And just recently, last week, a mother was awarded $100,000 because they socially transitioned her child without telling her. So we crafted a policy and Sonia was the first board president brave enough to take it on and they passed it at Chino Valley and now the governor and the attorney general and Department of Education are suing her and, and we've got our first court date tomorrow um, challenging this policy. It's common sense. Parents Sonia. should know your child is living as another gender at school. Only California wants to keep that away from the parents, but let everybody else know. It's crazy. Hang on. We're going to take you guys through the break. We've got a couple minutes here. Sonia, you flipped the school board. Why is this a hill that you want to fight on? Um, you know, because Sacramento has waged a war on parents. And I have seen through the Department of Ed, I've seen what's going on in the classroom during the shutdown, that they are pushing the sexual perversion on our children. And as a parent, I, I've had enough. As a school board president, I came in to do a job. And this is exactly what we're going to do. This is exactly what we're doing. We're pushing back on Sacramento and saying enough is enough. We are going to protect our children and we have the right in the upbringing of their um, lives, not them. It, it tell, I just want to go. I got about a minute. The, the, in other words, if, the, if your child or your little boy or little girl goes to school and tells a teacher that during the school day, they want to be addressed differently. They want to dress in different locker rooms. They want to play different sports. That can happen. And the parent has no, if the parent says, no, 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 that's not going to happen to my child. Is that a possibility? Yeah. If the parent says, no, 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 no. My, my child's a little confused, but I'll take care of it. I'm the parent. I don't need you butting in. Well, I tell you what, Absolutely. this answer is so important. This answer is so important. <laughs> I want to wait to after the break. We're going to take a, because I think people, are sitting here, Sonia and, 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 and Karen, and they're going, we're hearing this, but it's so over the top. It, it's so impossible. This couldn't be what actually uh, people like the governor, the head of the schools for California, the head of education, the attorney general, they couldn't possibly mean that. In, 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 a, in the United States of America, this could not possibly be happening. So we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to return. We're going to go to Chino Valley School and the head of the school board. Also, Karen England, she's the uh, she's the co-head of the National Parental Rights Group. So take a short commercial break. We're going to be back. We're going to go to California. Then we're going to go to the great state of Montana and see what the fighters there are up to on a grassroots basis. Short commercial break. Back in the war room in just a moment. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. 
makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models, and beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDTaxRelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. 
COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, tomorrow we're talking about children. Tomorrow I'm going to have hopefully our team up the lead story in the um, paper of record for the Hawaiian Islands, the paper in Honolulu over in Oahu. Headline is 1,200 kids not accounted for by the school district. 1,200. And they got all kind of excuse. Well, you know, they may have gone to, but they've got those kids. They may have gone to other schools. They may have gone, left the island. They may have done this. They may have done that. Then they get down to the deaths. One of the 115 remains identified one, I think, seven-year-old boy. There's another, the 388, 14-year-old, I think they say is missing, identified. That's it. 1,200. Uh, Dr. Rowland has done a great job out there. Sean Rowland helped on the first day. But I think in Maui, because we have not got answers, it reinforces you must be prepared. So go to Jace Medical today, jacemedical.com. This show is about self-reliance and preparation. Make sure that you are prepared for any emergency. Go to jacemedical.com today and tomorrow. We'll hopefully have Nolan Chang and um, Jason Jones and others to help us get to the bottom of this unbelievable tragedy in Maui. Talking about tragedy, not only, not only are, are the future generations going to be debt slaves, but they're not even going to be afforded the education that we all had an opportunity to get. And that is the great crime here. Maybe the most serious crime of all. Karen England, once again, just, just help me out here. What exactly is the state of California trying to do? I'm going to get to the head of the school board that's fighting them, but give me from your, your, your national director of this parental rights group. What is the state of California trying to enforce here? Well, their official policy coming out of the Department of Education is that if a child wants to live at school as a different gender or sex than they were born, that they are going to hide it from the parents. So they keep a shadow record. They they enforce um, compelled speech with pronoun use. They let them use the opposite bathroom. They let them change clothes and live as the opposite sex. And I want to encourage your, your viewers, this is not just... California. Here in Tennessee, we have a school district that's hiding it from parents. There are over a thousand school districts in this country that are hiding this information from parents. And we need parents like Sonia that are on school boards to proactively go on the offense and, and put one of these policies in place so that it doesn't happen in your school district. Sonia, let me bring you in here because they're coming after you tooth and nail. You, you guys flipped the school board there. What is the consensus of the parents in the school district about this topic, ma'am? Um, you know, the, the majority of the consensus is, please don't give up. Do not back down. Um, and they are supporting us in this fight. And I mean, I was, I was just a parent before taking the seat, um, what, eight, eight, nine months ago. And, 
this was the exact same thing as a parent advocate that we were fighting against. So our parents have been so supportive and so encouraging, actually even asking where they can donate recently to the lawsuit that Bonta has filed against us. So our parents want to know. No one drops their kid off at school and says, bye, Susie, I hope you keep a secret from me today. That's just so stupid. And that's exactly what they're trying to do right now. I mean, this is mind boggling because kids holding things mm -hmm. back from their parents, this shows you that they're trying to weaponize the children against the family. Are you telling yes. me if you drop your son off at school in California, if I drop him off of the day, little Bobby, and for somehow they've convinced Bobby or Bobby's confused or whatever, but Bobby tells a counselor he wants to live during the day as a girl, as Roberta, that they will do that and they will not inform the parent. The parent has there is not informed about that. Steve, you're absolutely correct. So when I became a school board member, I learned there was a whole new world of how these policies come about. Chino Valley actually had the same policy as the majority of our school boards here in California, and they are created by our CSBA, which is the California School Board, board Association. Um, and, you know, the California School Board Association took a stance and they took a side and they sided against us with notifying the parents recently. And I was very disappointed being a member of the School Board Association. Um, so here we are in California. And right now you literally have a policy that says we will not tell the parents if your child, you know, wants to identify as another gender. And I said, absolutely not. We're not going to do that. We actually crossed out that old policy that was already adopted and we um, put play and put in place with the new policy that says we are absolutely going to going to inform you. You need to know about this. This is something very, very um, urgent that the parent needs to be involved in. I mean, you think about it. If a child's about to enter the opposite sex restroom, the opposite sex sports team, um, even being called uh, a different name than they were born by their by their peers and their teachers. How in the world is California's political cartel of Bonta Newsom and Thurman right now, our Department of Head of Education, saying, oh, no, we don't want the parents to know. Parents are dangerous. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. We did not sign up for this. And I guarantee if you send out a survey to all parents in California, which they did through the Rasmussen poll, an overwhelming amount said, we want to know. I think it was over 60%, re regardless of what party you identify or you know you affiliate with. Parents want to know. This is something parents need to know. What happens if somehow you find out and the parent goes down to the school and has a meeting with the principal and said, hey, under no, when I drop Bobby off, I want Bobby to be Bobby during the day. Under no circumstances is he to, to, to do this. What, what happens then? Not just, it's not just about the notification. What happens if the parent finds out and another parent says, hey, I saw your, your little boy is dressed up in a dress. You go down there and say, hey, when I drop him off as Bobby, I want to pick him up as Bobby. And I want him to be Bobby for the during the school hours. What's the response to the principal? Well, unfortunately, we have California law here that allows anybody. You cannot deny them access if they say today I identify as a girl and they're really biologically a male they're actually allowed by law to go into the opposite gender's restroom. And they're, uh, they're actually allowed by law in here in California to play on the opposite gender sports team. Um, so the, the principal and the parent 
when it comes to social um, affirmation, as you heard Karen talk about um, earlier, that actually should go between a parent and a medical provider. I don't know why the Bonta, Thurman, and Newsom are trying to make school districts do what a medical provi provider is supposed to do. If you ask me personally, I think any mutilation of any child under 18 should absolutely be illegal. But unfortunately, we have these um, government you know, tyrants saying otherwise and passing hey, laws with, I, with our, with, yeah, Karen, go ahead, sorry. Karen, Karen, Karen England, let me just, I, I just got to, let me ask it of you. If the little, if Bobby's in the first grade, Bobby's got the right to say, I'm going to, the parent has no, in the California law in that school, the parent has no say so over how Bobby identifies. Correct. In the actual official guidance, and the whole reason that Bonta is suing Chino is because they assert this child has privacy rights that the parent gets to not know about any of this. And it's not just, a, like I said, California, Colorado, two days ago, a story broke where they have the, the teachers union in Colorado talking about how to shred and get rid of the evidence if a child is living by a different gender. So that when a, a parent asks for the student record under FERPA, that they they get false information. So if you go and you say, I don't, you know, you can't do this, the school is gonna come back and say, oh yes, we can. We're following school district policy and your child has this right to privacy that excludes you, but includes everybody in the school. Has the the child has a right to privacy from the parent? What, what California, uh, like unlike the the U.S. Constitution, California has a right to privacy written into their constitution, and it has been interpreted when it comes to abortion as having a medical right for a minor to privacy. So even if I give you that they have a medical right to privacy, you know, Steve, that that isn't uh, uh, the privacy doesn't extend to the math teacher. The privacy extends to the doctor or the attorney, not the attendance office. And in addition to that, you are not private anymore. If you've gone to the school and you are saying I'm living as a different gender to everybody at the school, You've outed yourself and you're no longer private. So I don't know where they get this idea. And they are arguing. I mean, they they're going to court tomorrow saying that we should be able to hide this from parents. They're very upfront about what they want. And, you know, what happens in California doesn't stay in California. And parents need to wake up and yeah. start claiming their school boards now. OK, um, can you, uh, Karen, where do we get more information about your group? You can go to capitalresource.org and you can get the policy there. We have legal letters. We are working to, to, again, we want school boards to go on the offense. Let's pass this policy, even if you think this isn't a problem in your school district. So we really want people to go to capitalresource.org and let us help you get this policy passed. Uh, Sonia, you go to court tomorrow. Where can people follow you in your first day in court? Where can they follow you on social media? Where do they go to the site to find out more information about the heroism that you are exhibiting, ma'am? I wouldn't call it heroism. I call it doing the right thing. Um, but thank you. Um, I have a social, I'm so bad at social media, but I have an Instagram. It's S-O-N-J-A for Sonia, S-H-A-W, and it's 2026. It's actually my account that I had to renew um, because I have the 
local unions and the California unions coming after me. So I have to start fundraising for the next election because they want me out of here. No doubt. Sonia, uh, good luck tomorrow. We'll be following this closely. Appreciate both of you guys coming on here. Thank you for having us. Colonel uh, Darren Gobb joins us now. Colonel, uh, here's a question. Uh, I saw this very disturbing story coming out of Montana about these, I guess, kids in high school went to court and some judge made this uh, radical ruling about climate change. And we're following all the different freedom caucuses of the state level. I know you're a fighter. Montana is a bastion of, of doing the right thing. Well, give us an update on what's going on, the fights that you guys are doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Steve, so much for having me on. And uh, the court case you re- you referenced is called Held versus Montana, and that's where a bunch of, uh, I guess I would say, undereducated, weaponized youth have been used to advance the climate change agenda using the Montana Constitution statement about the right to a clean and healthful environment, which that statement was built back when Butte and Anaconda and other mining areas around here. We're really polluting the land badly and competing with each other over mining and, and truly creating an environment that was hazardous to live in. It was never intended to be for something like this. So the leftists found something where they can stick a wedge in and try to use a leftist activist judge here where I live in Helena, Montana, to usurp the rights of the people, misapply the Montana Constitution in order to advance climate change agendas through our energy policies and other things. So. Uh, that is working through the process right now, and I, I think ultimately our attorney general will appeal it to the U.S. Supreme Court, where hopefully they'll see that the entire thing is really a farce, but unfortunately it's a very dangerous farce. Uh, second to that, with what Montana Freedom Caucus is specifically doing, is focusing really on uh, almost educational efforts with charter schools, and how you use your tax dollars with using excess tax dollars in our state to not grow big government, but to actually return them to the taxpayer. We're also working on everything that is considered pro-life or pro-life advancing. And that that is absolutely critical. And um, I guess those are probably the, the biggest ones, along with election integrity, of course, and the fact that we have really the most overturned state Supreme Court in the entire country. Everybody sees us as this red bastion of freedom in Montana. What we could be as a state when it comes to liberty would be even better if we didn't have a state Supreme Court that had been also weaponized against the people of this state that uh, didn't care much for the Constitution, frankly, or and but only selectively apply the law in the first place. So um, although there's plenty of bad going on, like all states, there is plenty of good going on, and I'm proud to be a, a small assistant with the uh, Montana Freedom Caucus in advancing the cause of liberty. No, you guys are fighting. Just just real quickly, uh, I've got a, a people are concerned. You got Montana and Idaho, Wyoming, mm-hmm. these great states, but the fear is, is that California, the Bay Area, is now they have an exodus uh, worse than Burning Man. We have all these radical progressives that have a little money, and they're going to come up there. And these are bastions of of uh, of uh, hardcore traditional Catholics, evangelical Christians, tons of veterans. These these states have the salt of the earth in them, right? And is there a possibility? Is this one of the things that Freedom Caucus, you guys going to fight against, of being overwhelmed by an influx of just radical big money from uh, Northern California and from the Seattle area and from Portland? 
Oh, absolutely, Steve. That and, and on the East Coast, too. I mean, there, there is a huge influence in Montana from money outside of this state. Every time we have a Senate race, most of the funding doesn't come from inside of Montana. But the silver lining to those kind of movements into Montana from California, Washington, and Oregon, specifically, we'll just use those three, is that there are many of those people that we would call political evacuees. They're looking for a place that does not reflect what they came from. And we hope we can grab them, educate them, and talk about what it means to be in Montana and what it takes to maintain what Montana is by reputation as a state that believes in freedom and liberty. We, we want to stay that way. And we're going to do that in a, in a bunch of different ways. But uh, part of it is education. But you know, part of it is also the candidates we recruit to move into our state legislature and also local positions around the state. See, this is important. You've you've got a guy in the Congress right now that's a Freedom Caucus guy. I mean, I, I know you're not going to get into the to the, the the details of the politics, but you've seen this two trillion dollar deficit. We need a guy like Rosendale more than ever. He's one of the heroes. He's one of the hardcore six that we wouldn't have gotten any change for him. Isn't a guy like Rosendale the type of guy we need in the United States Senate? Oh, he absolutely is. I mean, this is having Rosendale go to the Senate is kind of like making sure that you've got the best quarterback in the NFL taking you to the Super Bowl. And you're not reaching down and trying to find some kid in high school and saying, hey, let's have this guy give him a shot when it goes to because we frankly, I just want to win. And the, the guy who gives us the best chance of winning in the Senate right now in Montana is Matt Rosendale. Now, there's another guy running named Jeremy Migland, who is a phenomenal man. We talk all the time. Uh, he would do well in, this, in the Senate as well. But right now, when it comes to how you win this Super Bowl of uh, unseating John Tester, right now it's Matt Rosendale. No, Tester's a disaster. Colonel, how do people find out more? We're going to go around the states, these Freedom Caucus groups that are fighting the fight at the state level. Where do people find out more about Montana, more about you, and more about the efforts there? Well, if you find me, you're going to find out a lot about Montana. And, of course, uh, the Freedom Caucus people I work with are, are phenomenal folks. And if I don't know, well, you can ask them. But you can find me personally on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Substack, where I do a lot of writing under Darren, Darren Gobb, which nobody else has that name, so I'm easy to find. And you can also find my organization, restore-liberty.org, on the website, as well as all those social media pages, including Instagram and all of our different county chapters and state chapters across the country. Colonel Gobb, thank you very much. Uh, honored to have you on here. Hat tip to all the good, hardworking folks in Montana. And hope Rosendale's going to hey. take a starring role here in this fight over the next 20 days. Now, if I have anything to say about it, it will. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, brother. Uh, Matt Rosendale is going to be front and center on this massive fight. We want to get make sure everybody's up to speed on this. Easiest way we think to do that is uh, the papers I've written uh, for Birch Gold. So go to birchgold.com slash Bannon, particularly the end of the dollar empire. Focus on the chapter. I think it's chapter three, the debt trap. This is the one we put out right before the debt ceiling. So make sure you get to the, uh, you get to the debt trap, uh, read that. We also got the pricey and what happened in, uh, of what happened in, um, in Durban, South Africa. As the de-dollarization movement starts, why is there a de-dollarization movement? Because exactly what's going to take place in the, what, the next 25 days that Matt Rosendale from Montana is going to be at the tip of the spear of. And that is trying to put some order into the fiscal house and the monetary house of the United States of America, where our elites are out of control. They're out of control with a perpetual spending uh, machine on Capitol Hill. 
and in the executive branch. And they've got the alchemy of the magic uh, of Federal Reserve that just continues to print the money. Go to birchgold.com. Ask the professionals of Birchgold right now. Ask them a simple question. Why is the Fed focused on creating a, a Federal Reserve digital currency? And why are the other central banks in the world buying gold with both hands in record rates in 22 and 23? Have Philip Patrick and the team give you the answer, and then you chew on that. You're an American. Just chew on it. Think about it. You know, Roll it around in your head. See what you come out with. The answer for you, personally. Okay, go to birchgold.com slash banner. Very proud. We're going to have another big installment that's going to come out in, uh, that's going to come out on the 15th of September that I'm beavering away on right now. I don't know if we're going to end with Billy Joe Shaver tonight or if we're going to just take our typical music. Okay, we'll take either one. We're going to be back here at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. We're going to be on absolute fire. Billy Joe Shaver, get thee behind me, Satan. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 thousand Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. 
You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.